Wealth can be measured in many ways. As it grows, life can quickly become complex, creating the need for more focused planning. Welcome to We're Talking Money with OmniStar Financial Group. OmniStar has been helping clients achieve financial success for more than 20 years in a client-centric and stress-free environment. With a reputation built on a long track record of working with people who want to grow and protect their assets, OmniStar illuminates the blind spots and provides actionable strategies to help you achieve what's most important. This is where you can count on straightforward and unbiased advice from a team of professionals that are passionate about your success. Welcome and thank you for joining us today for another episode of the expert series of We're Talking Money, where you get no-nonsense information on the different parts of our 10 elements of financial planning. Today, we're going to focus on risk management, specifically on disability insurance. I'm back here with Phil Clark as we dive through another insurance topic that's often misunderstood, and uh, we feel like a lot of information could be provided that could help people make much more educated decisions on the topic. So before we dive in, let's talk about why most people don't pay attention to disability insurance. They think of it as a little added benefit from their employer, and they don't really look into it very much. The reason why, right out the gate, is they just don't think it's going to happen to them. Um, We always like to think that the bad thing might happen to the person across the street from us or our neighbor, but it's never going to be us. We'll never be in a car accident. We're never going to not win the lottery. Well, I think we know that most of us won't win that one, but you get the point. Uh, Bottom line is, Alex, I mean, what happens when there's a break in cash flow? When all of a sudden your earned income, what you're used to receiving every two weeks or every month or however you get paid, all of a sudden you can't go to work and it stops. Man, that, that changes everything quickly. 100%. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people really think about that. But when you look at what you do day to day, where where does everything stop? Um, The old saying is the man with the gold makes all the rules. And when you've got no gold, you can't really make any decisions. You can't make any choices for yourself. You can't go get that nice dinner. You can't go get the bottle of wine. You can't keep the lights on when it gets to some point and you might lose your house. That's, you know, we're talking about extremes here. But if you don't have cash flow, Everything else that's important to you, um, it stops. The importance of disability insurance is it can help fix that to some extent. You know, Alex, you made a, a great point when you were putting together this show, and one out of four people will become disabled at some point in their career. That's a pretty staggering number. Every time you're around four people, you can look at, at the four of you standing in that room having a conversation and you know one of you is going to experience maybe a year's worth of disability before your career is completed one year without income can change everything and if your disability becomes more protracted it changes a lot and you said it you can't make any decisions life changes and now you become um you become not only disabled physically, but you're disabled from doing all of the things that are required to get you through life, retirement, doing things with your family, vacations, so much. And it all changes because now you have to make decisions that are not just built on a budget. You have to make decisions 
that are built around the fact that you just don't have any money and now it's survival mode. Not a good place to be and you generally don't make good decisions when you're in that space. That that is 100% the truth. Um you know, one thing you mentioned that's real important for people to think about is that statistical one in four, that's just a one-year disability. Um, and when you think about that on the surface, oh, why do I want to get some insurance policy for one year that I'm going to have my whole life? Or the other side of it is, um, if it's only one year, then what are the odds that it's a really long-term disability? But the information you know, we'd love to bring to light is, does it even matter if it's more than a one-year disability? Because how many of you listen, listening to us today have cash in the bank to cover all your expenses for a year. Um, it really comes down to that. And, you know, it might only be a one-year disability, but that's one year of expenses without pay that you might have to deal with. Um, and this isn't something that you can plan for. When, when we look at the causes of disability, and it's not your typical car accident. It's not, you know, it's not running and breaking a leg and being permanently disabled because it grows or heals wrong. Um we, we know that only 7.5% of disabilities are due to injuries. Uh, the vast majority of them come from musculoskeletal disorders, diseases, and other health concerns that really come out of the blue um, just from everyday life and can't really be planned for. I mean, you know, if you're going to go climb a mountain, you might think, hey, if I fall, on a, fall off a cliff, I could get disabled. But maybe you pick up uh, the can of salsa wrong at the grocery store and something tweaks in your back and you're out of work for a year. Nobody plans for that, but it can happen. You know, Alex, you, you just made me think of a, a situation where a um, gentleman closed the trunk of his car. He had just finished putting groceries in his car, reached up, closed the lid, uh, the trunk lid, something he's done forever. Every Saturday when he goes grocery shopping, he said, I do this every week. And this time, the way his body was positioned, he destroyed his shoulder and ended up with surgery on his shoulder. Now, you take a doctor, surgeon, a dentist, people that we deal with every day, he all of a sudden couldn't do his work. And he became disabled, and this this rotator cuff was such a serious injury, it took him a long time to get back into doing his work. Now, he you then run another risk, and that is if you're a doctor, for example, you might start losing patients if you can't get in there and, and perform your, your services. So it's not just losing the income. There's a number of things that go along with the loss of income. There's There's things that you don't think about that could unravel your business, things that could make it much more difficult to come back to business. And then if you don't own the business, you're just employed, for example. So is your job going to be there? What does that look like? And can you get gainful employment at the same level that you enjoyed prior to the disability? I mean, so many of those things they just don't get talked about, Alex. I mean, we, we've said that in many, uh, in many conversations, but those things don't get talked about enough, and it's unfortunate because it is one of the building blocks of a good financial plan. If you don't prepare for these things, when they hit, you're unprepared. That's generally when the results tend to be most devastating. 
I agree completely. Um, and we're going to be following this episode up with one for medical professionals in case you're wondering, because the tables really do turn. Uh, if you're in a very high touch field or you have to have very acute hand movement um, to perform procedures, there, there's a couple ways to work around that. Um, so there are some unique disability products for those type of people that provide phenomenal solutions for them. Um, that being said, let's transition to some of the more general thoughts on disability give our listeners an idea of what it really is and why uh, why they might need it. So just to get started, let's take a couple things off the table that sometimes get confused with disability. Um, a lot of listeners and a lot of people that hear disability, they're going to think health insurance. They're going to think long-term care insurance. They're going to think um, some form of protection that they think maybe their other insurance already covers or it's just you know a little $3 a month benefit that gets taken out of their paycheck they don't really think about. Um, what you might be thinking about is one form called short-term disability, and this is what provides a, it's a quick-term benefit, usually up to around 90 days, um, that can help if you are out of work for a broken bone, something like that, that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, those type of disabilities usually aren't as high of a risk as when you think about it, you can probably make it a month or two months without your paycheck. Some people might not be able to, but you have a much higher chance of being able to do that they make it a year or two. Um, so that is what you, most people think of when they think of disability. What disability really is, is it's paycheck protection. Um, it is built to keep your lifestyle, maintain your lifestyle, maintain your paycheck, and provide security for your family. Um, one huge thing, you know, as we start diving into this, is trying to figure out if you're covered or not. A lot of people believe they're covered. They're actually not. Um and there's some pretty uh, pretty interesting statistics on this. Um, Phil, why don't you take us through, you know, how many people actually are covered, what the percents are, and, you know, how many people might actually need to be looking at this personally. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Um, you, you already started us down that path a little bit. The misconception is that workplace benefits always cover the need, and it's not the case. Uh, generally, workplace benefits – will often be limited to just the short-term coverage, like you said. And that's the first blind spot. The The second is when you look at statistics, 40% of private sector workers have short-term DI, but they don't have long-term. Long-term is really where the problem comes into play, as you started alluding to a few minutes ago. If, if you go beyond a month or two, you're going to run into some serious problems. And a lot of folks think, well, I can get disability through Social Security if it's long-term, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, and that's a lot easier said than done. So uh, the numbers for government employees, even lower, uh, as low as 26% of them have short-term and only 36% have long-term disability. So these are, in my opinion, these are very concerning numbers. People that think they're covered are not, in many cases, and then you have people who just don't think about it. It's not a concern to them. They're more concerned with, and rightfully so, they're concerned with, is my retirement benefit being funded? Do I have health insurance? Which you just said, that is not to be confused with disability, but it is, in so many cases, uh, a confusing subject where people think, well, my long-term care 
or my health insurance, it, it says something about disability, and so it gets confused. Fact of the matter is, health insurance is not going to cover you when you're out of work for disability. It's going to pay for your major medical claim. The surgery, perhaps, it goes along with your disability, but not going to replace your income. So, um, And then I think another stat here, 51 million working adults don't have any coverage aside from the ability to qualify for Social Security. So started talking about that a little bit. You hit on that one all the time around the, the firm, Alex. Tell us a little bit about why that's so difficult. So the big concern with Social Security disability, um, and this is it's called the the way that you qualify for disability, and we're going to dive into this. Um, and it's called own occupation, any occupation. There's modified own oc. There's a lot of different flavors of the way you qualify for disability, and we're going to dive into this in the next episode quite a bit, but. Just so people are aware, the qualification for Social Security disability is truly any occupation. And what that means is any meaningful work. So if you can perform any meaningful work, it threatens your ability to qualify for that disability benefit. Let's just think, all right, I can go work as a surgeon. I'm qualified. I've gone to med school. I've gone, you know, I've paid three, four hundred thousand dollars for education. Maybe you're not a surgeon. Maybe you just went and got a bachelor's degree that cost you $70,000 so you could go make sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year. doesn't matter if you're making $400,000, $80,000. If you can go make the wage of a $10 an hour worker somewhere on Social Security disability, you lose that benefit. So almost regardless of what situation you're in, um, what you will be kicked off of Social Security disability for is probably a wage that is way under your standard of living and what would allow you to maintain your lifestyle. Um, so that's a huge concern there. Yeah, Social Security, I believe the way they word it, is total disability. And it has to be disability that is expected to continue. So it's it's not something that's temporary. Social Security is very difficult um, for for qualification purposes and something that a lot of listeners may not know, oftentimes it takes three attempts just to get the Social Security benefit if you're going to qualify. First time around, maybe not. Second time, maybe not. And third time tends to be the charm if you really qualify. But so you're they, saying they just get tired of having to deal with your paperwork and eventually push it through. They just push it through. But a lot of times they just disqualify you because they understand, they know that your disability, one, is not permanent, and two, you're still eligible for some kind of employment, to your point, Alex. So, yeah, that's a huge risk, very misunderstood. Um, Social Security should not be part of your strategy. If you're thinking, well, I don't need disability coverage, if I lose my ability to earn income, I'll just qualify for Social Security. I would tell you to rethink that plan because chances of you receiving Social Security are pretty limited. Agreed. And um, as we start to talk about the different types of disability insurance, you know, one big point is that you know almost regardless of what your profession is, disability insurance can make sense. You might not need the Mercedes-Benz customized version of it, but some basic insurance to cover you for two to five years of a disability 
it's a very valuable thing for a lot of people, even if you're only making fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. I think a lot of misconception around disability comes to you know what, what is it covering? What's the value there? Um, and I think it really should come to kind of the frame of thought of do I have enough money to cover my living expenses for a year or two? If the answer is no, you probably need it. If the answer is yes, let's start thinking about other things we can do. Um, but as we, we go into this, there's really two main types. There's short-term and there's long-term. Short-term uh, covers you for typically around 90 days. Some policies can be close to a year. Um, most of the time, that's going to be provided by your employer. You can go get it out on your own. Um, our, you know, our two cents is it's great if you have it, but you should have savings and you should plan to have savings to be able to cover 90 days worth of expenses. Um, having health insurance to cover major, major surgeries for the short term, that that's, you know, that's a no brainer. We have to have health insurance, but when you start thinking about disability, you really want to focus on the long term because that's where your financial plan gets thrown off. That's where uh, trauma starts to happen to your ability to save. Um, when we look into long-term disability, there's a few different types. There's non-cancelable, there's guaranteed renewable, and there's a big difference between these two types. Uh, you may not know what type someone may have presented you. You may be starting to look for disability for yourself. You might see these phrases. Uh, and there's a lot of confusion that can go with the non-cancelable versus guaranteed renewable policy. Um, Phil, maybe you want to dive into those to help explain what the difference is and um, where one might be better than the other. Yeah, the, those two are so confused. Uh, I've been in this field for almost 30 or a little over 30 years now, and um, those two today, after that long, I still see them get a bit of confusion uh, when it comes to understanding what one means versus the other. Non-cancelable is the best definition you can get. Cost a little more, but non-can, as we call it in the industry, is the best definition, and that's because, one, it can't be canceled, and two, rates cannot be increased. Guaranteed renewable, on the other hand, it sounds good, it's got that word guaranteed in it, which naturally says to someone, oh, good, I've got a guarantee here. This thing can't be canceled, but they can absolutely raise your rates. And that is a huge part of disability coverage. It's a huge part of any insurance. The risk of rates being raised, uh, if you can eliminate that or remove that risk, much better policy to own. And so the non-cancelable for me uh, is always the go-to if a company offers that, much better to consider that one than immediately go into guaranteed renewable. The only time that I think guaranteed renewable makes a better argument, obviously it saves you some money, but if you know your risk is a shorter term, you're only going to keep the policy for maybe five years or maybe 10 years and you feel like you're nearing the end of your career, that situation, then I could, I could say guaranteed renewable makes a great argument. But if you're younger, you're 35 years old, you've uh, just bought your first practice, maybe uh, you're a new dentist and, and uh, you've got 20 years, 25 years to practice, I'd be going for the non-cancelable 
uh, every time, even though it costs a little more long-term, going to save you some money. I would agree with that. Um, and, and most most strong insurance carriers are primarily going to be offering um, one option, the other option, or they're going to have a non-cancelable add-on you can put onto their guaranteed renewable. So make sure you pay attention to that when you're talking um, about insurance uh, DI. The next thing is riders um, and then the different kind of flavors, if you will, of what you can do to a policy. When, when you hear the word rider for a DI contract, it's basically like the seasoning. Uh, you want to make sure that whatever your seasoning is already the best it can be. You want to do your due diligence on the best type of contract. You want to get a strong carrier that's going to provide you um, the correct type of coverage for your your role. And then once you've done that, you can look into riders. And, and riders basically allow you to customize the contract. You can change your definition um, of des- disability. You can change your definition of um, occupation. Um, some of them will allow you to add increases. So if you make more money, you can increase your benefit. Um, some of them have, you know, there's different flavors of a retirement protection or a retire guard type of rider where if you get disabled, the contract will also make your IRA contributions for you or savings contributions for you. Because that's something a lot of people don't think about. Great, I can't cover my wages. Well, if you can't cover your wages because you're disabled, you probably aren't funding your retirement. Um, so there's some riders on these contracts that can help you maintain funding for retirement. Um, so as, as we start to wrap up, you know, the last big thing is really, do you need it or do you not? Uh, as we've been talking, you've probably been thinking about your own situation. You've been thinking, well, I probably have some good savings or... I definitely don't have a year's worth of cash on hand. Um, what what does it look like? How how do you really come up with um, the need, whether you need it or not? Um, there's a few different ways to do it, and it really depends on your situation. And why don't you take it away, Phil? Wrap us up. Well, I I, I think you're right. Some people buy insurance because they were told by an insurance agent, "Hey, you need this." But I think you're right. There's fundamental ways to determine the the need, and it shouldn't be an arbitrary decision. It should be based on your set of circumstances, your situation, and you buy what you need. You buy it for specific reasons. You don't buy it just for the sake of buying it because someone scared you into doing it or gave you such a an emotion uh, around needing it uh, or I should say, uh, excited your emotions about needing it. That's not the way to buy. That's not a strategy. What I what I do believe is most people who are employed tend to need some disability because statistics tell us people will become disabled. And I've seen it wreck some uh, very successful people when they they uh, end up facing a long term disability. Changes the outcomes that once looked very bright all of a sudden they they look a little bit ominous. So I think a couple of things you consider. One is, is it easier to spend a little bit of your income, meaning budget for the premium? Typically, disability coverage is 1% to 2% of your income. That's a pretty small amount to guarantee yourself coverage in the event that something catastrophic occurs and now you can't earn income. You've got a family that depends on you, 
So for a small amount of money, you can insure that risk. No different than insuring your home, for example. 46% of all foreclosures on conventional mortgages are caused by disability. That by itself should say to people, this is a real risk. You need to think about getting it covered. So if you have a mortgage, might be another reason to uh, consider buying disability coverage. Accidents or illnesses, you said those are not always um, uh, not always the cause of, of a disability or certainly not an injury, but it tends to be something that just happens uh, immediately. It happens quick. So think about all the things that can happen to you. What does your life look like? Do you do you do do you do you uh, participate in sports that might put you at, at a greater risk? Those kinds of things that might help you decide that you need some disability. And then, how are you planning to retire? What does that look like? And you said a few minutes ago that you can buy these policies with a protection built into them that would fund your retirement plan. That's a big deal, but I don't hear it talked about a lot. So if I'm 35, 40 years old and I lose my ability to earn, who's going to finish funding my retirement? Um, That's a big, big question and one that gets overlooked a lot because disability typically ends, disability insurance rarely goes past 65 years old. A couple of them will go to 67, but it's rare to see anything go beyond that. Years ago, policies could be purchased and they would cover you for the rest of your life. There was no age limit, but those policies don't exist today. That's um, th- Those were not something that a company could actually make money on. So I think those policies, they, they quickly got removed from uh, from being offered. But are you in business? Do you have multi-income uh, sources or multiple income sources in your home? So do you have a professional spouse? If you became disabled, can you live on that? There's so many things, so many variables here, which really goes back to what you talked about in our first episode, and that is the importance of a plan and disability is part of that. So all of these things go into the, the planning process, the wealth management, the financial planning process, and a lot of this gets answered early. And then you know by working with a good planning uh, firm or a good financial planner, you begin to know early if disability coverage or any coverage really makes sense for your set of circumstances. So there's there's a number of reasons to buy it, and there's some people that just don't need it. But I think you have to consider uh, you have to consider planning if you really want to get the right answer. It should never be an arbitrary decision. A hundred percent agree, um, and I think that's a about it for us on di um as we start to close up this episode really think to yourself just about one how hard is it to really replicate your income um you know did you work really hard for your job is there a lot of schooling involved Have you climb the ranks of your company if it's hard to get the position that you're in it's probably hard to replicate your income you probably need disability more than someone who might be able to more easily replicate their income. Um, The other question is how far are you from retirement? If you're 62 and you're planning on retiring at 65, the risk might not be there. Uh, Now we know for planning for some of our clients, that's not always the case. Sometimes that's the point in life where everything's getting paid off and you can finally stash away money for retirement. But um, the risks tend to be a lot higher in your mid-20s, mid-30s, 
going into your 40s because you typically won't have enough savings at mass to be able to retire if something bad happens. Um, that's about, uh, about it for the basic concerns on disability. As we transition into our next episode, we'll be talking about how this really relates to medical professionals, some of the key things that na- they need to pay attention to, specifically for dentists, um, surgeons, some of the more high-risk occupations. Um, and thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for joining us for this episode of the expert series of We're Talking Money. Um, We spoke about disability today with Phil Clark. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us, and we hope we illuminated some blind spots. Thanks for joining us on We Are Talking Money. Be sure to visit our website, www.omnistarfinancial.com, where you can learn more about how we provide value to our clients. Subscribe to the show and our newsletters, and drop us a line with suggestions for upcoming shows. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. This podcast is a publication of Omnistar Financial Group. Any information provided has been prepared from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy is not guaranteed, does not represent all available data necessary for making business or investment decisions, and is for informational purposes only and does not represent or constitute any recommendations. All expressions of opinion reflect that of the authors and are subject to change. If this podcast contains any projections, forecasts, guarantees, and or predictions of any kind, you're required to ignore the same. Star is not engaged in the practice of law or accounting, and any information in this podcast should not be construed legal or tax advice. Any distributions, use, or copying of this podcast, other than the intended recipients, is unauthorized.